Well, hello, and uh, welcome to what is not Polite Company, but is actually now Spheres of Influence. And um, I will get to that change in a moment, but I do want to say hello and welcome uh, to this sixth episode of the podcast. And um, for those who are only meeting me the first time, my name is Dennis Sanders. I am the host here. Um, what has started a few um, episodes ago started as Polite Company. That was a um, podcast on the things that we don't like to talk about, um, and that would be politics and religion. Um, the first few episodes, in some ways, I want to kind of treat as a soft opening. It was a lot of trying to test out what things work, um, what things didn't work, and um, also kind of then be able to have enough of um, things that I could kind of move forward and make some changes if I needed to. And so... Um, after a few episodes of kind of testing things out, I kind of learned a few things. Um, the first is that I wasn't really crazy about the name. Um, I don't know why. It just didn't seem to um, it didn't seem to to thrill me as much. And um, one of the things that I should have done before I went um, to do this was to look at other podcasts that were named Polite Company, and there are a few. So that would have made it very hard to get um, get my name out there when there are several other podcasts that are named this. Um, the other thing that was a, an issue was um, the topics themselves. It was a bit too narrow. Um, it Most of this will be on politics and religion, so it won't be like it won't. Um, but there will be times it won't be. And um, and also, to be honest, I think there used to be a time when I think people didn't want to talk about politics or religion. But let's be honest, in some ways, that's almost all what we talk about, at least in, in some parts of our society. So the name didn't much make sense to me at this point. Um, so... With that, then I decided I was going to um, focus on a new name and did some thinking and some checking, and um, I came out with Spheres of Influence. And I probably should, I wanted to help you all understand where that came from. Um, As you know, as I said, have been saying the first few episodes, I'm ordained pastor. I am the pastor of a small congregation in a town called Matamidi, Minnesota. Um, Matamidi is a suburb of the Twin Cities. It's about 10 miles northeast of St. Paul. Um, the, the nomination that I'm ordained into is the Christian Church Disciples of Christ. And um, it came out of actually a Presbyterian and Baptist backgrounds. And so there is a kind of a connection in some ways to Reformed theology, for those of you who are aware of that. Um, And I think that that theology in a lot of ways has shaped me a lot. 
one of the persons that I've always I've had an interest in and want to really learn more about is a man by the name of Abraham Kuyper. Abraham Kuyper was a um, was from the Netherlands, uh, grew up in the 1900s um, and early 20th century. He was um, a, a Dutch Reformed pastor, theologian. Uh, he then uh, create, uh, started his own university, started later started his own political party, and later became the prime minister of the Netherlands. Um, his thinking, beliefs, in some ways, represents what later became what is called Christian democracy. Um, and Christian democracy is a movement or a um, philosophy that is a worldwide movement. Um, best way to describe it is that it is a secular um, interpretation or a secular practice of Christian values that um, comes from a, a combination of uh, Catholic social teaching and uh, Lutheran slash Reformed theology. Um, the, those political parties, and, and I always have to kind of explain this because I think when you say Christian democracy, people are thinking of some kind of theocracy, and that is not what a Christian uh, democracy um, is. Uh, a Christian democratic party um, and there are many around the world. Uh, they're found um, in all countries, but they are found, the groupings are tend to be in Latin America and in Europe. Um, the most well-known in Europe is the, uh, um, the CDU, or the Christian Democrats in Germany. Um, Angela Merkel, who is the um, soon-to-be outgoing chancellor in Germany, um, is a Christian Democrat. They are the governing party um, in Germany and also have uh, several of the um, leadership or, or governors in the states uh, of Germany. Um, another, obviously the Netherlands has a Christian Democratic Party. Actually, they have several. They have more than one. Um, another one that was really well-known and until its demise in the mid-90s was the Italian Christian Democrats. Um, if you go to Latin America, uh, the most well-known uh, Christian Democratic Party would be the Christian Democrats um, in uh, Chile. And they have been, for the most part, um, part of a ruling coalition probably more times than, than not over the last... 30 years or so that of the restoration of Chilean democracy. The party itself can, um, depending on where it is, if it's in Europe, it tends to be more center-right. Um, but again, because it's influenced by especially Catholic social teaching, it's not, you can't think of them as conservatives as you would here. Um, they tend to be more to see a role for government, um, and but they also tend to have more. Um, they're different from, let's say, of a, of a of a liberal party in Europe or a social democratic party. Um, so they have a, a less expansive role of government, but it is more than um, at least the modern 
Republican Party would have. Um, in Latin America, a lot of the this, um, Christian Democratic parties tend to be more center-left. Um, so it really kind of spans um, ideologically in some ways. I think in some ways it's temperamentally conservative, but if you were to go, um, depending on where you are in the world, it will be found more sometimes on the center-right, sometimes on the center-left. Anyway, I kind of got off there for talking about Christian democracy. Um, Abraham Kuyper um, had this belief or had this thing that he came up with that in some ways has become a part of, of Christian democratic thinking, and that is something called sphere sovereignty. And his belief was that obviously um, God had was kind of over everything. But with under all of that, there were different parts of, excuse me, <coughs> of um, life that were broken down into separate spheres. So you had government, you had the family, you had um, church, you, you know, business. I mean, there were all of these different spheres in society, then each of them were different, each of them were their own thing, um, and it was kind of the importance of that it kind of led to, in some ways, variety within a society. It also, in some ways, helped to limit something like government or business, because um, there, was no, there was kind of a, a, a sense of respecting each sphere. And, of course, the spheres that I'm always interested in is religion and politics and how do those two um, work. And so um, the church, of course, and then politics. And how do those spheres interact? How, do, how are they separate? Um, fascinates me. And I'm still learning a lot about Kuiper. Um, and, but he is a fascinating person to, to know, to, to understand, and um, I'm looking forward to kind of reading about him more. And so that made sense to call the podcast um, after something that I've been interested in, which is Sphere Sovereignty, so hence the name, Spheres of Influence. So um, as I have been saying early on, the, the podcast is going to still focus on politics, mostly from a center-right perspective, and is also going to be talking about religion. But don't be surprised if sometimes we'll talk about other topics. Um, you know, there are I have other interests that I would love to talk about. Um, and, you know, I'd also love to know if there are things that you'd like to talk about. And um, if you would send an email... Um, and you can send it to the email that is located in the show notes. Um, I'd love to talk to you, and maybe we can talk a little bit more about future topics. One of the things I've been thinking about a lot, and I talked about in the early episodes, was that I wanted to have guests, and I still do. Um, but I'm kind of feeling that, like at least for now, I have to keep this a monologue, partially because... I need to grow the audience. I need to grow and, and be more confident and, 
and who I am in, as a podcaster. And um, so I want to feel more established before I take that leap. So hopefully you are not tired of listening to my voice um, or won't be tired. Um, but like I said, I do want to keep this interactive. I don't want it to just be me blabbing on something, but um, to feel free to ask questions. Um, and who knows, maybe I will be able to find a way of connecting you and getting you on the podcast. Um, one of the things that I would like you to consider is um, to please, please subscribe to the podcast on whatever platform you are listening to. Um, subscribing um, helps um, in kind of the numbers and seeing you know, who is listening, who isn't listening, or, or all of that. So if you can subscribe, I would, I would love it. Um, the other thing that I would like for you to do is, um, well, there are two more things. I would love that you could send this to someone that might be interested in talking about um, religion and politics, where they intersect, where they don't intersect, where one needs to speak louder than the other. Um, I think that that's something that's important. And we don't always hear about it. And I should also add that don't expect the, I guess because I would say I'm a right of center person, there are always certain expectations on a podcast or anything. And so I would say don't expect that you're going, what you, you know what you're going to hear. Um, one of the things that I, um, and why I think I call this spheres of influence, is how much my um, faith influences my politics. And sometimes my, uh, that makes me a quote-unquote um, bad conservative um, because I do think that there are certain things, certain values uh, as a Christian that I think supersede um, certain um, ideological beliefs. Um, that doesn't mean that I ignore them or that they don't matter, but that they are, um, they kind of come in close second. So that, that's kind of one of the things to say, don't think you know what you're going to hear here. Um, you will be surprised. I, and I hope you will be surprised um, that this is something that will stretch you um, and hopefully stretch me. I like things that don't always fit so neatly or are, um, don't always are, are neat and tidy because Lord knows I am not neat and tidy and Lord knows I don't necessarily really fit in in many places. So um, I also have hope that you can, if you have listened to this, especially if you listen to it on um, Apple Podcasts, that you would consider rating it. You may want to listen to a few episodes before you decide to do that. Um, but um, I hope you do. Um, rating it also helps people to see it um, when they're looking for things, um, looking for podcasts to listen to. And so I hope that you will consider that. Um, and I hope that what you can consider this is as a discussion. I don't have all the answers. 
I just have my opinions. And I'm not, even though I say that um, politics and religion fascinate me, I'm not someone that goes to a, um, that is, you know, someone that is part of a think tank that does this for a living. It's just that politics has always been something I've thought about. And, of course, being a pastor, I've also thought thought about faith. Where does faith fit? How does faith fit? Um, And so I hope that you will um, join me in the journey. And um, like I said, um, please subscribe and please uh, consider rating this podcast. And like I said, um, listen to a few episodes before you rate, um, just so you can get a better picture of what things, um, how you want to rate it. Um, just wanted to let you know of some upcoming shows that I'm going to be working on. Um, one is the Ponderings of a Pandemic Pastor. I have, um, like a lot of pastors over the last year, has had to do worship remotely. Um, and I thought it would be good, it'd been good for me, but I think hopefully for you, um, of how it has been to be a pastor. And I think, I also want to bring it up because I think there are a lot of pastors out there and other religious leaders that this has been a challenging year. Um, we all of a sudden had to pivot incredibly fast. Um, and that hasn't always been easy. Um, that has brought some stress in ways. And so I wanted to share for, share my own story of how that has happened, how the things have gone. Um, story is not totally over yet, but... Um, like my own congregation, I think we're slowly kind of getting ready to move back in, especially now that we have more and more people who are uh, getting vaccinated. So um, I thought that will be an upcoming um, episode. Another one that I'll be talking about is uh, progressive Christianity um, and my odd relationship with it. Um, I am a pastor of a mainline Christian um, congregation. Um, mainline Christianity has had its ups and downs. Um, it is not, they are not as strong as they once were. Um, and I think they have been kind of the counterpart to evangelical Christians in that they tend to be more politically on the left, um, and, of course, have very different, sometimes different beliefs on different things, such as theology. Um, over the years, that I've, all, that I've always been somewhat of an uneasy tension, um, but it is a place where I stay, um, partially because it's the only place I can call home as, a, as an openly gay man. So... Um, that will be something that I will be uh, discussing in a future episode. Uh, the other one that I will be talking about is on the working class. Um, one of the things that I've been fascinated about is I have been what people call a never-Trumper. Um, 
But I've been a never-Trumper that has been concerned about how we got here. Um, what happened to get us to this point? And I don't think it happened by accident. Um, some people want to simply blame voters, that voters just became bad or they're racist. or And there is truth in that. I don't want to deny that's reality. However, there are also other things, especially um, economic problems that have happened, especially over the last maybe 30 years or so, that I believe that the Republican Party wasn't able to answer those questions. Um, what happened in 2016 wasn't simply that all of a sudden um, the voters just became racist. I think some of it was that they didn't have someone who they felt spoke to them. Um, and Donald Trump, as troubled as he is, was someone that at least they felt heard them. And it's not also not, should not be shocking that even though he lost, he expanded his vote, especially among persons of color. And so there is something going on there. And um, I think that, especially never Trumpers, but even also I would include um, the left, um, Democrats, haven't truly learned the lessons of 2016. I think they think they have, but they haven't. Um, and if we don't understand that, if we only look at this as how we can destroy the Trumpist or how we um, can destroy the Republican Party, I think that we're missing a lot of this. And um, we need to pay attention to economic issues um, and how we have or have not really been helping people feel that they can attain something like the American dream. So those are the things that will be coming up um, in future episodes. I do hope that you will uh, take time to listen to them. Um, and I do hope that you will subscribe. So that is today's episode. Uh, today's episode was basically the reset um, as we kind of now head into this newer kind of future. And um, I want to say thanks to people who have been listening to me so far and um, spread the word and I look forward to hearing from you all soon, and um, thank you for taking the time to listen. Take care, everyone. Godspeed.